Friday in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Woff. Today, we're back in the 80s again because we're... Because <laughs> we cause like we, it. Because we like that. This we're is, like that. This is number two of Horror in the Garage. Ah, that's, that's what we're calling it. We didn't right. call it that. We didn't call prophecy that. I don't know if he said that, but that's we're just it saying is. it now. Horror in the garage, which is could mean a lot of things, yeah. but in this case, it's just our terrible show. It's just us being it's just funny, us. <laughs> making ourselves laugh, and that's all that really matters. If you can't laugh at yourself or with yourself, so yeah, we have 1986 or 85, depending on where you're looking. Right. I mean, I feel like it's 85, but hey, man, you know, Steve, do you want to say it's 86? Sure. Steve Miner's house. House! With William Cat, Richard Mole, and George Went. George Went. Kay Lenz. I could have sworn she was in it more. Yeah, she's feeling like she just showed up for like three days, of two days of filming. Thought that she played a bigger part, but she didn't. I feel like the woman who lived next door had more screen time than Kay Lenz. Yeah. Right? She, I, she did. Yeah. Well, probably. Close to it. Tell when she dumps her kid off. And <laughs> free. Yeah, I want the psycho that lost a kid. Yeah, watching well, no, my it's kid. Funny, nobody like all those people didn't remember him from the neighborhood. Like that whole the incident. cop did, right? But George Went didn't. No, he seemed to have lived there for a while because he knew that she was a crazy old lady. And that's that's something else too. It's a good running gag in the movie. Yeah, how and how many years since the kid disappeared? Don't they ever say? I, I don't think it's even Months. years because he looks exactly the same. Well, but the that's kid. the thing. He's always been. But kid. it's not. But like the cops didn't say, my God, this kid's been missing for eight years. And we'll look at him. He has an age of the day. So, I mean, it feels like. <laughs> he's been in the underworld. Little by little, he was trapped in the medicine cabinet. I'm, I'm not particularly concerned about. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> about advancing our story early on. Yeah, it's okay. This because this movie, out. when we did, we had our pre-show chatter about, we said, yeah. this movie goes by so fast it says it's an hour and 38 minutes or something yeah, like that but it, i mean i mean there must be 20 minutes of, of credits or something something man it's it's a quick one it really is i mean i watched it twice just because i was like wow yeah it's a, it says it's an hour and 33 but i don't know i i'm i was making notes about just like little bullet points and i got to a moment in the movie i thought why am i writing this down i feel like i'm going three or four or five minutes at a time where it's the same thing where I'm looking at the same bullet point of Roger investigating and then there's nothing else Roger, for me to say. Roger investigates. Roger Cobb investigations. Uh, so, yeah, man. I mean, the movie starts out. Like, I was, the, I mean, the first thing that popped into my head is like, oh man, listen to that cello. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's score heavy, this movie. The score is pretty brilliant. And it's great. right away, it's very reminiscent of Friday the 13th. And there's a really good reason for that. And... I am going to lose a lot of my horror movie cred for not remembering how to pronounce the guy's name. Yep. It's Frank Langella, right? Frank Langella. <laughs> See, I knew that. In between yeah. making Dracula, he was doing a score for yeah, Friday Between Dracula and Bad Company. He yeah. had a long stretch where he was, you know. He kept himself busy. Very busy. He's like Mako Kain. He's always busy. Yeah. I mean, he should be. He's what Frank the Langella. What the, look, you got your, what's the composer's name? <laughs> The composer? Oh, of House? Yeah. Oh, it's 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 Harry Manfredi. Manfredi, that's it. Why did I forget that? Or Manfredini. Oh, that's probably why, because I'm unsure about the pronunciation. It's Manfredini. It depends on who you ask, man. Man, who man. are you asking, man? Manfredi. Manfredi. <laughs> Manfredini. Yeah, it's something like that. That's but right him. away, it instantly sounds like Friday the 13th. I mean, doesn't? I don't, I'm not getting the visual, but I'm definitely getting 
the vibe the for vibe. sure. What happens? We see some some dude roll up on a scooter, right? Yeah, kid looks like a kid. delivery boy. Get some groceries. He just you know runs up to the house and uh, he's like, "Hey, dude, yeah, what's before, going on?" Before that, let's actually let's roll back and we'll come back to him. The opening of it because we we're talking about the music. Yep. And the visuals of the tents that they were using showing the house. You know what it reminded me of, and I don't know why I forgot to say something until this moment. Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah. The unknown. When they're doing that whole mm-hmm. bit. Very much so. That's what it felt like. And then the more the music cues kind of like were raised. I mean, now it really sounds like Friday the 13th. But I got, definitely got that Tales from the Dark Side vibe. The TV show, not the movie. Right. Yeah. Right yeah. In the beginning. Oh, the most generic 1980s kid ever yes. pulls up on a scooter. Right. I think every kid. Had that t-shirt. Had that t-shirt. Had that hair. Dude. Nothing screams 85 more than that hair. Nope, not at all. Because that everybody was trying to be Billy Zapka, man. Dude, was, he had Zapka hair. It wasn't perfectly feathered, but it, it, it was, was it was nope. a look they were going for. Yeah, for yeah, sure. totally. I mean, and he kind of, it's funny because when he first pulled up, I was like, oh my God, is that is that Buddy from just one of the guys? <laughs> and it's not, but because Buddy would have been not quite he, that age yet. Been too but he had kind of the similar, then I realized Buddy had, a couple years later, Buddy had Zapka hair and they were in the movie together. Right. But yeah, this wow. kid is like 1980s poster kid. Yeah. Generic teen, preteen. <laughs> he just rolls up on his scooter. Right. With his bag full of groceries. Is it like a Honda Spree? It could be. Something? Yeah, something Let's like just, that. Man. Let's just move along. <laughs> All right. His scooter. Hey, man, more references to how old we are. Whee! So yeah, like he pulls up and like he goes, he carries it, he's got the sack of groceries and he pops up and he's like, and the door just opens, right? I mean, yeah. beep. Yeah. He's shouting her name. Like, yeah. he's shouting her name, like, the moment he gets off the scooter. Like, he's... He says it, like, a hundred times. I should right. remember it. Just Mrs. Hooper. It. Mr. Hooper. No, it's, uh... But, he, yeah, he's just walking around looking for her. Like, I'm guessing she's a, he's... Well, it's not Cobb, is it? No. It's something else. Well, they just, you know, she's just listed just, as Aunt Elizabeth. But, yeah, I can't uh, remember her last name either. It's not important. Uh, well, his kids walk around calling out her name. Where are you? I got your groceries. I've got your groceries. I'm it's thinking me. to myself, if she was losing her shit, right? Unless it's a regular delivery, right? Is yeah. It, if it's not a regular delivery, why is he wandering around the house? Why is he overly concerned? Is she usually there answering the door? Or, I mean, it's just weird. Like, yeah, why is, like, well, I guess because the door opened by itself is his first cause of what, concern. What his first, another cause of concern for him should be, like, it. If he delivers it to her regularly. She must have called him. She must have called him. Or if it's a regular delivery. It's a weekly order. Okay, whatever. He probably known that she was a nut and or the house is haunted. So why would you walk into a house with a door just open for you? Right. I mean, your, your movie's over if you don't. Well, I that's mean, not true. No. I mean, just, you just, know, here's the, he's also, he's a kid. Kids right. are kind of curious, weird like that by nature. <laughs> so, hey. You know what it is, though? This the is director said, hey, look, man, the door's going to open. I just need you to come inside. <laughs> Looking around, start hollering out her name. It's one step above. Get in the van with me. <laughs> Get in the van, boy. Come on, no, look, Jimmy Delivery Boy. So he's just go in. He's wandering around. Like, again, what prompted him to go upstairs? All I'm thinking is, like, dude, did you not see Psycho? What are you doing? Yeah, man. I mean, that house is scary looking anyway. Look yeah, at that thing. It's a great location. Yeah. It really is. That's why I think it's like, as soon as you see those opening frames in the beginning of the movie, like, oh, the house is so great. Yeah, it's great. You can't have a movie called House and not nail... The house. The house. Right. I mean, yeah. the house is great. I mean, it's spooky. It's weird. 
you know, uh, he sets the groceries down and then he calls out again, it's me, I've got your groceries. And he sits the bag down. Yeah. Like, and I don't know where, he's looking up sort of, but I feel like, <laughs> so, you know, so he makes his way up the stair. Like, I don't know. I mean, he's still calling for her. And I'll then, get you. I'll get the money later, right? He says, "I'll take them. I'll just get the money next week." And then he goes upstairs. But that's, I gotta think that someone's making a delivery like that. She's probably someone who doesn't go out. She, I figured she might have an account. Right. I think he's going inside because he wants his tip. Right. That's what I'm saying. And like when he all, says he'll get the money next week, maybe he is talking about her. Maybe tip. maybe that's how she gives him his tip: is sexual favors. Oh, maybe maybe he poses nude for her paintings. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we see a nude boy painted? <laughs> well, yeah, because as he's going up the stairs, he sees a <laughs> painting awful. from the ants, and it's just this grotesque whatever like it was. Satan ritual. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's being disemboweled in the in the painting. <laughs> wow, what an ugly painting. That's what he says, Does right? Does he say ugly painting? He says something. I don't know. He's like, like going, oh, I don't look like that. <laughs> Wait, my penis is smaller. <laughs> Thank Listen, you. Listen, lady, I know you're old and you've seen a lot of penis. <laughs> But that's not my penis. Come on, beat, help a brother out. All I got is this job in my Honda Spree. <laughs> it's, it's rough. It's hard enough to pick up chicks on that Spree. You could at least do me a favor. The groceries get here, don't they? And I always love the the traditional movie bag of groceries with the baguette yeah, stick in the fr- oh, stick of French absolutely, bread, dude, and some carrots. It tells you right meat. away what's what it is without right. having to see anything. Yep. As long as the stick of French bread, is, yeah, you is, know it's groceries. It's groceries. It's groceries. So you go, you know, now he's upstairs. He's creeping around. He was like, yeah, you know, now he's kind of creepy. Yeah. Like, uh, this is this is where very reminiscent of Psycho when they're walking yeah. around. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, creepy. He's about to end up like Marty Balsam. Oh yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me a second. <laughs> Sorry, that visual was in my head the whole time. You said it, I'm like, it threw me off. Kenny, the delivery boy, or whatever yeah. his name is, Billy, <laughs> Billy, Kenny, Bobby, Mikey, Ronnie, and Mike. Wow, Bobby, Ronnie, Ricky, and Mike. You like? It's cool it now. And then it starts playing, and he's on the headphones, Ooh, and then he opens a door, and his mellow is totally harsh. He looks at some weird, creepy wallpaper. Oh, you got to take that again because I'm singing something like. <laughs> Go ahead. I can't have cool. No, you can say it again. Cool it now. So Kenny the grocery boy. Kenny the grocery boy. Go ahead. Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> so he's cooling out. He's walking around. He kicks in the door. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Like in a, the way it, like a delivery boy would like do. Like a delivery boy would do. Mrs. Johnson. She's not in there. And he's like looking around at the room. And it's like, it, look, it's, it looks like a horror movie. Yeah. And he closes the door and he walks down down the hall. <laughs> He put his boots on and walked on down the hall. <laughs> and he hears a noise in a room and he steps in. The and what room. is, but that noise, what is that noise? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. It, it's, prompt. it's like somebody hit a gong. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't fit with the sound coming from the room. So no. again, it's more haunted, haunted. But he pops in and look, he's like, look, and there's nothing in the room. And he looks to the left. There's a dead old woman hanging from the ceiling. And she's swinging. Swinging. She's swinging like Roger Maris. Damn, dude. <laughs> She's swinging like the big hurt. I mean, don't make my job harder cutting stuff. <laughs> She's swinging like she's dead. Like she's hanging from a rope. She's swinging like Gary Sinise in The Quick and the Dead. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, Gary, that's just where I like you. Hanging from a rope. <laughs> so then... <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut 
Then we go to credits. House. That cool animation. Yeah, but there's a lot. I mean, one of the things I mentioned earlier about about the house and the little montage of the music, we're getting above the line credits during that time too yeah. before we ever get to the logo. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, cool, William Cat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you get to one of the ones that bothered me about it because this, this is the one times where when you see a movie and they kind of telegraph stuff, they say too much. And, right. And you get to that point where it says, and Richard Mull as Buh. Big Ben. And I'm like, what? I know. I think it was even in the TV spots. Yeah. Richard Mull as Big Ben. <laughs> like, really? Thank you for ruining. Wink. Anyway. So, yeah. And now we, we cut to a funeral in the rain. Oh, yeah. Why is that still a thing? Look, you're trying to be like subliminal and like sell a tone. You know what's subliminal and sells tone? The fact that you're in a fucking cemetery burying somebody. That's all the somber tone that I need. I don't need to put rain in there, too. Well, what I think is funny is that there's a close up on the pedal and it's lowering it. And it's called in the modest, the frigid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, well, that's clever. Yeah. yeah. So down she goes. Down yeah. to your aunt. But we don't see her. She was a lovely woman. <laughs> Who was it? Somebody makes a crack about her. Oh, everybody makes a crack. It's yeah. a running joke. You like, know, like uh, she's, she the, well, was, your aunt was a psycho. But that's not, yeah, but that comes later after we go I to the know. book signing. But um, you know who does it first is that annoying, I, that actor who plays the real estate guy. Oh, yeah. He's the first one that says Dude, it. I wrote, I wrote a note. Like He's he, worse than, he comes he, and goes, but he is the movie's dick. Yes, absolutely. And, but there's no other dicks after Real that. estate dick. Real estate dick. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Well, you know, who, you know who's a good, he's not in the movie enough. But he, he gives him a run for the movie Dick, his agent. Oh, yeah. He's an asshole, too. God, dude, I just want to smack so that they, guy. They cut away from I want to smack his hair. Yeah. They cut from the funeral to a book signing. Which is awesome. Which is great. And which we watch the movie separately that we do most of the time. And you had already seen it once this week. And I was watching it for the first time this week. Not for the first time ever, but first time for this episode. And I had made a note that it was almost verbatim to what you texted me. Like, oh, what about the book signing? The thing about the book signing is it's very reminiscent of the early David Lee Roth videos. Where yeah. Did these point of view shots of characters coming up. Very colorful. <laughs> Mr. Roth, <laughs> and it's, it's exactly that kind of thing. And the only thing it was shy of those music videos. I mean, it's clear what they were doing. Oh yeah, man. There's no way because it's not because that. of when Crazy from the Heat came out in relationship to when this movie was shot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The only thing it was shy was the semi fish eye on right the, on the camera. That was it. Yep. Otherwise, it was exactly the same. And they're looking right down the pipe. The only thing missing from the line was. Dave in his headhunter outfit. <laughs> I was like, please, God, just do it. <laughs> What's the line again? I'll take he, one of everything and, and a glazed donut. He goes, looks around. To, to go. go. Oh, dude, it was the best. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that glitter, that was fun because I was it hit me and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Dude, this looks just like the uh, shot in the DLR, crazy from the hate. And you're like, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> the going crazy video. Everybody that's coming up in this line is like, oh, my gosh, Mr. Cobb. Hey, oh, his name is Roger Cobb. You see his name all over the books at the book signing, and there's William Cat again. Y'all look, it's William Cat. Young. With his, uh, with his agent. And his agent, the two of them are just kind of going back and forth, having dialogue about everybody, making fun of people that are totally. in line. 
And I'm like, aren't they sitting right there looking at you? And you're like, shit talking to them. I like your hair. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Hey, what's your, um, Mr. Cobb, we've been in line a long time. Uh, what, what, what's your next, what's your next, what's your next book about? Um, about my experiences in Vietnam. Oh, uh, okay. Great. Fantastic. I so it. there's our setup. There you have it. Wait, it's not, we're not totally set up yet. He goes to the house to meet up with a real estate agent. We right. already mentioned Ugh. real estate dick. God, what an asshole. Yeah. All this dude and cares the, about is selling this house. And I'm like, and I kept thinking to myself, dude, a woman died in it. It's California. You can't not disclose. Yeah, we can sell all this junk. Yeah. <laughs> he calls her stuff I'm like junk. going, it's funny how, how many times it happens in the movie. It's like this real estate dude knows who he is, right? And he's just like, he's a psycho. We can sell this shit. Let's do this. You got to think he, that house is going to be so hard for him to sell. Let me show you around. Right. Like he didn't know that he grew up there? Right. What a dick. Oh, how's that? What a surprise. An uninformed asshole. Right. Shocking. Later on, too, when George Went shows up. And we'll get to that. But I, I want to point out the people are just. It's like, like a running oh, gag. Yeah, yeah, the woman lived here. She was a nutbag. Somebody uh, probably offed her. Yeah. She was <laughs> my, my aunt. aunt. Lovely, Lovely woman. Salt of the Salt earth. Of the earth. Uh, well, his wife hated her, too. Yeah. I mean, then it's well, what's weird. I think the wife was more can hated the house because yeah. well, we're getting ahead of ourselves again. We certainly are. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> Let's just go. Go. Ready? Go. He's at the house with asshole real estate guy who man, this all this guy wants to do is just sell, sell, sell. He wants to sell all her shit. He wants to sell the house, which he can't sell until he sells all the shit. And he's referring to it as her stuff as junk. And it's it, it's actually a pretty decent antique. Oh, I mean yeah. it's antique furniture. It's not garbage. No, they can make some money. Right, they can sell all this junk. They can they can get rid of the furniture quicker. They can sell that house because you know someone, someone didn't die on that coffee table. Someone didn't murder themselves well, in it. We, I mean, she I, hung we, herself. We assume that nobody died on the coffee table. Well, we don't know. Maybe the whole entire house, everything's enchanted, like Beauty and the Beast, except uh, for well, the house knows all your secrets, man. It tricked me. It tricked her. It tricked her. Apparently, it tricked me, Roger. It tricked me, Roger. At first, I thought, oh, that cute old lady isn't... And then I was like, is that the same old lady from In the Mouth of Madness, which you haven't seen, so I can't even ask you that question. You can, but I can't. I don't have an answer for Right. It. You'll be like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Why don't you look it up? Well, <laughs> she was 100 when she died. Oh, no, she was 91. Was she 91? Yeah, man. She was in Flatliners. <laughs> she was not in In the Mouth of Madness. Dude, she just looks like somebody. The whole time you're like saying she was 91 when she dies. And I'm like, she's 91. She hung herself. How'd she get around to making flatliners? <laughs> she was 91 when she died in house. <laughs> and then she resurrected herself for flatliners. Uh... Susan French as Aunt Elizabeth <laughs> brings a note of authenticity to the film house. I figured. Fuck it. <laughs> I said, fuck it, I'll hang myself for real. I'm all about method. I'm all about method. Um, she looks so, crazy as fuck, by so the way. The biggest problem that I had was we had to shoot all my scenes beforehand because, you know, I was going to be dead. I was going to be dead. So are you a ghost? Yes, I'm a ghost. I'm playing as a ghost. I really killed myself, and then I came back and played the role as a ghost. And now I'm doing my EPK with you. Shh. Do you know I was 91 when I died? I was 91 <laughs> when I died. For real. When I took my own life. Yeah, she lived like 20 years after 
house. Died in, 20 years. She died in 03. Well, I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, she right. looks like she was in her late 60s. So. Yeah, or mid-60s, something like that. Yeah. Probably. Who knows? Yeah, whatever. Do the math. <laughs> she was 71. She was old. Uh, I love the fact that, like, when you, you know, everybody kind of has that, oh, yeah, that crazy old bat. <laughs> Dude, like, even the kid seemed like he was, this delivery boy seemed scared of her. Man, there's nothing worth a $2 tip to go in that house. No. Yeah. Here's your groceries. I left them on the porch. But then again, two bucks fills up that spree for a week. $2. The kid, the paper boy, wanted it. Yeah. Two bucks is a lot of money in 85. It was. Just saying. It's a lot of money. We got Roger. He's tooling around with the real estate asshole. Yeah. There's something that happens that I, I hadn't caught before in any of the times I've seen the movie. Does it involve a spear gun? No. But I mean, it does, but not really. Not specifically. When the, with the real estate agent, they walk around to every single location that you'll see in the rest of the movie. Yep. Setting the house up. I don't recall it, them doing that. Well, what I realize when is he when he says... The, when he gets the gun later, I'm like, a gun's just fucking sitting there, <laughs> sitting in the garage, hanging up on the wall. Loaded. Loaded. Ready to go. Well, what I realize is when he says, let me show you around, he's not talking to William Cat. He's talking to us. Yeah. Right? I mean, he is. Yeah. Because William Katz lived there. He grew up there. But he's telling us... Because he shows us the inside of the house, the pool. The, Col- yep. Classic know. Steve Miner. Yeah. Classic <laughs> Steve Miner. Steve, I love it. Love it. I love it. By the way, what what else has Steve Miner been involved in? Friday the 13th, 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some that's other why, stuff. That's why nobody should be surprised that he's got a working relationship with Mr. Cunningham. No, not and at all. And I don't mean Richie. Sean S. I mean, is this a point too? Is this somewhere, we, you know, we should mention this is written by Fred Decker. Yes, we got to mention, because this is a series of projects that we are all very familiar with as far as Fred Decker and being involved. You got this, and I had the Creeps, Monster Squad. Um, Robocop 3? Robocop 3. Uh, from a Predator? Ro- Did he write the, was he involved in the first Predator? No. No, 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 just The Predator. Right. Ricochet, The Flicks Could Kill. Yeah. You know, some fun stuff. Yeah. He was involved in The Second House. Characters, uh, him and Ethan Wiley, who I think Ethan Wiley may have directed the second house. When you consider the, the budget on the thing, it makes me think that, well, I'm, let's just put it right out there William Cat, George Wint, and Richard Mull were all TV guys at that time, yeah, which was weird because you usually don't see a movie like that where you have that many. TV people in it once. And they were all on big shows at that time. I mean, Greatest American Hero wasn't huge, but people watched it. Oh, it was, I mean, was, was it? I mean, it's part of pop okay, culture. It had a number one pop song. It did. It'll drop right at the beginning. It did. But but definitely isn't, wasn't Night Court and it wasn't Cheers. No. No. Because those things were both like, they're like, that was, they were both in their heyday at that point. They were right. big shows. Right. Huge shows. I mean, for me, yeah. the, only, the things I knew William Cat from prior to House was Carrie. Right. And Big Wednesday. Second Big Wednesday reference. Second or third. (laughs) Second. It seems to make its way into everything lately. Yeah, because we talked about Gary Busey. Oh, right. uh, And Red Brown. (laughs) And our Silver Bullet episode that's never been released. Steve Miner also directed Soul Man. Yeah, that was the other one. I, yeah. remember. I remember he had a big movie that wasn't horror, and I can't remember. Warlock? Yeah, it was Warlock. technically still kind of supernatural horror, kind of, right? Yeah, I think so. I What's mean, his face? Did, from he, did he direct? Did Fox he, and Helena. He directed Big Bully, Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold. And Lake Rick Placid. Moran, Rick Moranis, right? Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. He went back to horror. 
yeah. with his take on prophecy. Yeah, man. <laughs> Lake Placid. Didn't he also direct one of the Halloween movies, like H2O, the 20-year? Yeah, totally. There you go. Look he at did. That. Look at that, man. Which is probably going to come up on Nevermind. Yeah, at some point. Secrets. Um, yeah, so, right? So, we're dealing so we, with a real estate guy who's running around just rambling on about how much money they could make fleecing this poor old dead old woman's house. Right. And then get to the backyard. Hey, right. have you seen the workshop? <laughs> so it's so terrible. And then he's pimping his like nephew. My nephew's a construction guy. Works cheap. Could yeah. make this place a dream. I can drop you his number. But now he's holding a spear gun at him. Yeah, dude, I would have punt. I would have kicked that guy's ass. By the way, put that down. Was that a little homage to the the yeah. third Friday the Thirteenth? Absolutely, had to be right. Isn't that how Shelly gets killed? Shelly gets it in the eye. Shot in the eye. And Ooh. that is the moment. Where Jason Voorhees gets his hockey mask yeah. for the first time. Takes him dead Shelly. Poor Shelly. I thought for a moment, I was like, when I was looking at it, and I was like, he's holding the spear gun and Kat's there. And I'm like, Kat kind of has the same hair as Shelly. Well, you know, a lot of people really. had that hair back then. Yeah, but I think Kat's is real. I think, yeah. I don't think his, I don't think he ever had a perm. I think he just got crazy wavy well, hair. Mean, so, you know, he's wandering around. He's like, we'll sell the house, guy. He's like, dude, how, how about his face when Cat uh, <laughs> says, I've reconsidered. Yeah. I thought he was going to pick the spear gun. I got to yeah. shoot him in the back. He shot himself in the back. Yeah. Uh, I got to sell this house. Who's next in line? Pops the spear and he shoots him. Or it didn't shoot him directly, but he ne- nearly, nearly stuck nearly. in that post. And he's like, and he's like, oh, sorry. Right. The worst apology ever. Like, it, oh, it, sorry. If this was current, he would have said, my bad. It was, my the, bad. It was the equivalent <laughs> of that. It absolutely was. Sorry. My bad. I, I almost killed you. Cat's reaction is because I think I would have just, I would have launched out, choked him out. Yeah. I mean, that's, I would have been like, dude, put that down before. I mean, but he, Kat's just like talking and homeboys waving it around yeah. with his finger on the trigger. I'm like, oh. yeah. So they leave the shed and they walk back to look at the pool and we get our first. Oh, yeah. Flashback. 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 Roger's just doing yard work and his kid. And he's never done yard work before, I feel. Because, dude, the way he is handling those shots, I'm like, dude, Can somebody, somebody spend some time with him. Please, where's this the prop you, guy? This is how you use a rake. Hey, dude, <laughs> here's how you use here's how you use trimmers. Here's how you use a rake. But, I mean, dude, he's, I mean, oh, and they're just chopping. He's chopping air because he's not cutting anything. It's weird. It is. And they're, what the hell is the kid's name again? Jimmy? Jimmy? I don't remember. It name. might as well be Jimmy. Tommy. Could Jimmy. be. Timmy, Tommy, Johnny. Timmy fell into the well. I'm Ronnie, in the pool. Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. If they, I think it's Jimmy. Is that right? Uh, it feels like it feels right. You think it's something they said a hundred times? I can't remember the stupid old woman's name because I, even though I heard that a hundred times. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Jimmy. I'm just gonna call him Harper. Kid Jimmy. Let's go with Jimmy. Jimmy, Are you going with Jimmy? Yeah, we're going with Jimmy. Jimmy, because there's. Jimmy. I'm gonna say yes. It's Jimmy. Okay. So Jimmy, we see Jimmy playing with his trucks because. And it's really weird because I don't know how age appropriate the whole situation is. The kid doesn't look so young that he should be sitting right there just on the grass playing with the, a car. No, he looks like he's about four years older than that. Roger turns his back on Jimmy. To get back at that hacking he's doing. <laughs> Whatever the hell the kid's name is. Jimmy. <laughs> he turns back around and he's gone. Jimmy. Disappeared. The trucks are still Jimmy. there. Jimmy. Jimmy. Johnny. Jimmy. <laughs> Pete. Johnny. Ronnie? I can't remember your damn name. Bobby? Son, where are you? He drops those shears and runs to the street. Yeah. Where we see a car peeling out and turning around the corner. 
And he's like, oh, that's not weird. Yeah. And he runs back into the Dude, yard. It's like the, the whole point of it is you're supposed to think that he maybe he got he's kidnapped. Panic and he, got, he got nabbed. But then once he sees the car, he kind of goes, ah. And he's so lazy, fair about it. I'm right. going to go back in the house now. And then Kay Lenz comes running out. What's going on? <laughs> Sorry. Fucking Roger. What's going on? Nudie text. Roger, stop sending me nudes. What's going on? Jimmy, Jimmy Bobby's missing. <laughs> what? My son, our son, he's gone. What? What? And then he runs to the backyard. And he sees. And he sees somebody flailing in the pool. Flailing in the pool like Jason at the end of the first Friday the 13th. Holy shit, this movie's right? got more Easter eggs than he, I realized. No, he's totally, dude. He's doing the whole thing. Yeah. I laughed so hard. I was like, oh my God, it's Jason Voorhees. Jimmy Voorhees. Uh, Jimmy Voorhees Cobb. <laughs> Right? I mean, it, it, so it, he, he goes screaming and makes this Aquaman dive into the water. And I'm like, right? Dude, let me tell you something about me. I don't know how to dive, like, at all. That was a good dive. It was a good dive. A real good dive. I mean, again, I think anybody that dives, like, as what's technically a dive. The other thing, too, is like, Cat is a cat was a real surfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, dude, he, he looks at home in the water. He goes yeah. right into the water and just goes like, right in. He goes underwater and he's looking around. There's nothing there. On, right. I love how they don't. Like, he dives in. The kid's on the top of the water. He dives in. He's Now the camera's underwater. And yeah. there's nothing in the water. No. And then he comes up, and there's nothing in the water. And he's looking around going, what, what happened? And then we cut into the living room on the sofa. He's oh, yeah. now drying, and the cops are there. Kay Lenz is weeping. She's, oh, my son, or whatever she says. He's not in the neighborhood. There's nobody in the pool, and there's no, he's bad. He was in the pool. And then the, then the old lady rolls in. Yeah. It's the house. <laughs> Should be old bad. The house took him. It knows. It knows. Okay. Then, knows. then everybody's just looking at her like she's out of her fucking mind. Right. Now. This is where Kay Lenz freaks out. Here's what. Yes. I hate you. Shut up. You, you old bad. You terrible woman. And she yeah, stomps awful. out. End of rap day one on Kay Lenz. <laughs> Shit day one. She did all. She did that scene. She did one other scene later. And then the, the taxi scene. The end. I'm telling you, man. She. She did all her work in one day. They probably shot the taxi scene that same day with the pool. I think she had two days. Yeah, because they had to get her somewhere with a row of payphones. Oh, yeah. To look like the back of well, the Emmys. Could, well, yeah. Well, that's just another part of the lot where they were doing the... Was that part. a Susan Lucci joke? <laughs> I lost again. <laughs> Maybe. Right? She's she supposed was on, to be on a soap opera. She was on a soap opera. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That woman in the line. I love your wife so much. She's so good. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're divorced. Oh. <laughs> but still, I want to tell her what a great girl she <laughs> I thought he was going to say, can somebody go back there and strangle her? Do it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so Grandma spoils the no, interrogation. No, Grandma. Or Aunt. Aunt, whatever her name is. Aunt Elizabeth? Yeah, that's right. Aunt Elizabeth. Aunt what, Elizabeth. What's her last name? <laughs> Doesn't have one. Harper. Hooper. Mrs. Cobb. <laughs> Mrs. Matt Cobb. Mrs. We, now we flash forward. Beep. Okay, we're back with the real estate dick. Right. Flashback over. It's really, I have to say, it's the flashbacks are handled in a way that doesn't, it's not. They don't irritate the shit out of me. Yeah. They're good. They're quick. They're not, you're not getting your doodle-loop moments. It's just kind of like cut and you're like, oh, okay. They're not hitting you over the head with it. You can figure it out. They're not, they're yeah. not, they're not playing down to you. And, you know, the other thing is, and Kat's really likable too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got like an easy, going charm about him so like when you do you know they they flash in and out it's kind of goofy it's kind of weird it's kind of like it's like a goofy version of the shining <laughs> oh i guess it kind of is 
Well, he's a writer. Always, he lives in the. He's coming to this house to well, finish his book. Well, you've always been here. Yeah. Right. Well, yes, he grew up there, right? Yeah, yes, he did. Exposition. Exposition, exposition. That's what he says right now to this goofy... I can't believe the real estate guy didn't know, but whatever. He was just there to make a buck. Wait a second. Your aunt was a lovely woman. Like he know, He's like buttering him up, and he's like, you know, I grew up is here. That, How's that? Is that the same guy from Ghostbusters? $1,000? I won't pay it. Yes, it is. Holy shit. Yeah, it's the yes, at the beginning when they go yeah. to the hotel. Yeah, it absolutely is. That guy is man, there were a He's lot of cheap. great there were a lot of great movie dicks in the 80s. Him, Dude. William Atherton. Oh yeah. I mean, nobody's better than Atherton no. at being a dick. No. This guy, night, this, guy gives him, <laughs> this guy gives him run for his money. For sure. Doesn't matter. I'm I'm a snooty, you know, hotel manager or I am or I'm a, a sleazy real, real estate agent. Real estate dick. We go from there to him setting up to write his book. Yeah, yeah he's got his computer, which is still kind of crazy, even in 85, for using a computer for writing. Because at this point, it's always seeing somebody with a typewriter. No one's there. No one's really moved on to using a computer. My take is maybe they're just using the computer because Mr. Cunningham figured out a way of getting himself a new computer. But we need this for the movie. Yeah. And, and got it. Um, yeah, I was shocked that he wasn't... Typewriting, but I gotta, I, I gotta think that if you know from from production standpoint and how loud that can be, it's gotta be, it's gonna be, it's gonna have sound design done to it anyway. Exactly. So why have a real typewriter, dude? What? So Michael Ensign, the real estate agent, yeah. was also he was uh, he was the he was Behringer's aide in War Games. Right. <laughs> he was in Titanic. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me either. Yeah, yeah, he was great. He was he was one of those guys that showed up and you're just like, oh, I hate that dude already. He doesn't even have to open his mouth. Yeah. So now Roger's like all kind of in the house by himself, kind of roaming around and like, you know, sitting up to write. Does it, is this, this where he this he, is where he gets his first night's sleep where he has the he has a dream? And he has a dream. Oh, like, we forgot to talk about the painting. When they're on their, their house tour and they're in the shed. Right. He, uh, the real estate agent, for some reason, point he, he, he has a great, Knowledge of her, your aunt was very talented as a painter. Check this out; she must have been painting this one. She died. It's the same room she hung herself in. And she's standing by the door with the door open and the painting, and there's this glowing light coming out of it. And she's looking back at the whatever's in the closet. Yeah. And then there's a there's a there's a cleverly placed uh, paint cloth over the top corner of the painting, which. We'll see what's in that later. But, you know, there's a picture of her in the mirror, which is the same angle as her looking through the window, but it can't be. It's in a dressing mirror. She's It's her back again looking in the same. Right. There's a bunch of weird imagery. Time. Right. You know, there's like a, there's a pocket watch. and a, This fits right in. An with alarm the, clock. With the really weird painting that the grocery boy freaked out over. Saw at yeah. the beginning when he was climbing, walking up the stairs. Yeah, it, it's one of the biggest moments of foreshadowing in the movie. You don't, you don't, because these other paintings you see, they're just kind of, you just walk, they're just wacky. Yeah. This one is got this one. This one's storytelling. Right. And we'll see it again later. Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) Now Rod is going to take a nap. He's sleeping in his little boy bed from when he was a kid. Right. (laughs) Which is, I don't get that shit. I mean, he does though. No, like there's all those other bedrooms that he goes right to his, when he's running around checking the house. Or is it his kid's bed? His son's bed. Yeah, that's his son's bed. Or was it his bed? And no, this no, is also no, his son's bed. And there is no son. Come on, dude. This isn't Shutter Island Part 2. Okay, you're right. Shutter, it'd be Shutter Island Part 1, actually, if it was. <clears throat> anyway. Be? Yeah, it came up before Shutter Island. 
Well, same. I just meant like it can be a prequel. Could be. House, the prequel to Shutter Island, brought to you by Martin's. Martin Scorsese brings you house. <laughs> still no Hugh Laurie. <laughs> still, still without Hugh Laurie. Um, so right now he's going, now he goes to sleep and he has kind of a weird dream. And we're like, what the fuck? Now it turns into like platoon. It's platoon. <laughs> or platoon leader with Michael Dudikoff. Yeah. We missed a dream. Did we? Yeah. Which one? The one where it's just kind of jungly, and then this kid's there. The first one with the kids playing in the... Yeah. It looks like he's in a forest, right? Yeah, right, but, right. but the, you get your jungle sound effects. Yes. So you're buying in the jungle, you're like, what's this? That's and this first dream. Is it this, the same one? Yes. No, because when you started talking about Platoon, I thought we were going to see the dudes. Well, we no, the first one we see is we see him, and he's like in a jungle or a forest somewhere, and the kid's there. Yeah. And we hear... The kid's playing with his damn toy again. And then we look into another direction. There's some ominous lighting and we yeah. hear something. And then he wakes up. Wait, do we don't get the hand? No, do we get the hand? Yeah. Yeah. Hand comes out of the ground, grabs the kid. Right. And he wakes up. <laughs> he wakes up to the sound of... Our movie's not getting greenlit. This is how we're pitching it. <laughs> so then, um, yeah. So the kid... Wait, what has it happen again? What happens? So what happens oh, yeah, now? Yeah, so the kid does this, and then this happens, right? So now Raj wakes up in a cold sweat. He's shirtless, sleeping in his son's bed. No guilt coming from this guy. He throws he throws on a sweater, <laughs> a giant <laughs> V-neck sweater okay. that goes down to his sternum. I made a comment to, uh, to somebody while I was watching. I took a picture of it, and I said, this is what I'm doing right now. Peep that deep-ass V in 1985. Oh, yeah. I mean, that thing went down to a sternum, like you said. Yeah, man. It was, like, way down there. And it was like, wh- who wears that, first of all? And who was making those kinds of Vs, like, back then? That was, like, ridiculous. Yeah. I, I remember them. I they remember. comfortable. I totally remember them. You, but you usually wore a shirt underneath. <laughs> the whole time, like, man, William Cat looking sexy. Dude, he's, all, yeah, he's ripped, six-packed up. Yeah. You know? And now he's, got, now he's coming down the driveway dragging trash. And there's a dog... <laughs> There's a dog in his garbage cans. Wait, I mean, this dude's like, I know he's got bigger fish to fry. He's got a book to write. His That's, kid's missing still. He's, he's getting divorced. He's, yeah. His aunt just hung herself. And he's living in the house where she hung herself. Right. The whole thing is just like, he's just got a big pile of shit. How's going it going to get life. worse? Right. It does. Dogs. Rin Tin Tin's getting into his shit, yeah. man. It's like the dog looks exactly like Alex from Stroh's. <laughs> and then he looks up the street and what does he see? He sees a hot milf from across the street jogging up the street at him. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally. Doesn't he go slow motion, no? Uh, maybe. Semi-slow motion? Maybe. And while he's taking care of his trash and checking out, <laughs> checking out the... He's holding the garbage. He's, you know, and now she comes running. Dun, 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 dun. She's running up the street. She gives him a smile. He's like, ooh, uh, uh. And then suddenly that whole thing is broken by, hey... And it's Norm. It's Norm. From, From Cheers. Cheers. It's George Wendt. Out of the bar, in the sunlight. Weird. Yeah, it's very odd seeing him. This is like one of the first times you've seen him in a feature. But then it was, but it's also not the last time. He he shows up in a lot of movies. I think in a lot of ways, George Wendt will show up if you give him his rate. Dude, George Wendt show. I mean, he was, there's a, I mean, he was in Fletch. He was in. Yeah, he's in uh, a lot of stuff. Was he? I mean, he's in a bunch of movies, you know. I mean, just little bit parts. Huh. All that time. 
back then. He doesn't care. Nah, he's, he shouldn't keep himself busy. But they, but he wasn't in crap. That's no. the thing too. I mean, they're you know they're all these pretty good flicks. Yeah. Uh, so you know now he's like, hey buddy, want to get dinner? Uh, maybe have some burgers. Uh, we watch the game. You're A's fan, right? And I laughed. I'm like. Why is he asking if he's an A's fan? <laughs> is it supposed to be Bay Area? Because I didn't think it was, but I guess it is. Yeah. Um, so he's like, no, just here for my solitude. You know, right. solitude. Solitude. Get it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, will you sign my book? He brings up this fucking book that looks like he went through the washer and dryer 40 times. <laughs> right. <laughs> or it's just been in Norm's back pocket all those years sitting at the bar. Sweat. Ass sweat. Ass sweat. That's what ass sweat does to paperbacks. So he's like, yeah, we'll take care of that later. He goes back in the house, right? And he sits down to start typing. Dun, dun, dun. Now he's going to type his and, and memo- we're, his memoir. In the same way they handle the flashbacks, Yep, we're cutting to what he's writing. He types yeah. us right into that world. And we're in, it's Vietnam. Yeah. And he's, William Katz there were in full army garb or marine guy. I can't tell. Yeah, what they're in army. They're, army. they're army. They're army. Say it's army garb. They look like they look like so the same uniforms from Platoon. And we're seeing he's he's got a good sized platoon with him. Yeah. Some recognizable faces and just maybe not by name, but like character actors. I know that guy. I know that guy. I'm not gonna bother. Don't look it up. No, I'm not looking it up either. <laughs> the only one that matters is Richard Mull. Is Richard Mull. Bull from Night Big Court. Ben. Yeah. With with hair. It's weird because I don't know that I'd seen him with hair at that point. Did he have hair? Yeah. He was wearing that bandana, but he did have hair. Oh, right. Yeah, which is weird because I'd only ever seen him. In, I mean, I'd only recognized him at that point from Night Court. Like, he was in, you know, Destruction of Jared Sin, all Metal Storms, other stuff. But I think in, in that, too, though, he had, like, he had prosthetics on and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's covered. You can't really tell. Yeah. I mean, um, but, yeah, this is the first time you see him with hair, and he's like, he's Big Ben, the angry giant of the platoon. The guy carrying, he, he's the Adam Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. He's he's of house, and he's such a, and he's carrying an M fifty. Yep, because he's a big guy. He's he's just like and he's effortless too. See, you see Arnold Schwarzenegger holding the same gun, or a, a Stallone holding the same gun, and then you see what a what a big a real big dude well, looks Stallone's like. Stallone's five seven, and yeah. Richard Mull's six seven. Yeah. It's the big. That's what I mean. It's so, but it's funny when you have that image, right? Rambo, just as recent as that year, right? Holding that M fifty, right? And then you see Maul holding, it and you're like, oh, it's not quite as like impressive. I, or, I keep saying M fifty. It's just fifty cal. What is it? It's a fifty cal. Yeah, just yeah. A fifty. Ignore me today. <laughs> fifty cal. All, all fifteen of you. All fifteen of you guys just <laughs> relax. <laughs> Um, so yeah, now we're we're getting some backstory. There's a bunch of chatter. We realize that uh, right away that Big Ben does not like authority. No, not, a not fan. at all. He's gonna what? Shut up! I'll talk if I want. Da, 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 da. And then yep. get down! Someone tosses a grenade in, and it's the VC. VC. The VC showed up. There's man. a firefight. Yeah. Pew pew pew. Nobody gets hit miraculously. Yeah. Or and do they? Or no. does it matter? And Big Ben. Just like turns and with this fifty cal and just starts spraying Dude, the trees. He shifts down the forest. Yeah, I mean the forest is really the only uh, yeah. casualty at this point. He he he's not taking cover at all. No, <laughs> just, no, he's six spraying, foot seven, <laughs> spraying and praying. Yeah, man, just standing there firing away. Yeah, you know. So now we realize there's a point. Uh, so what what happens is uh, he saves Cobb's life. Yep. Down and then he stands up and he shoots at all the VC and they, yeah. they run away and yeah. then we come out of the flashback. Beep. He's back on the couch. He's wiped his face. 
Right. Because I feel like he's always sweating. I'm like, well, take your always. damn V-neck sweater off, dude. Yeah, man, it's hot. Even if you're in it's the Bay Oakland. Area. It's Oakland, dude. Come on. It's Oaktown. Don't worry that thing. When he stops riding, he's uh, hungry. He's I would hungry. imagine. Yeah. Why yeah. not? He's yeah, hungry. Sure. <laughs> I swear we watched this movie. <laughs> what does the book say? <laughs> well, we watched most of it. I mean, I watched it twice, but I did fall asleep right around this point. <laughs> No, there's the whole, like, you know, he, now he's wandering around the house kind of in a weird sort of writery, just had a bad dream moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I looked the shit up already. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on, wait. So now he's walking through the house, he's, he's done, but he, he hears a noise, he starts walking through the house. Yeah. Yeah, some weird shit's happening. Goes and gets the shotgun from the the tool shed because weird garage. right because weird shit's happening weird shit's that happening he just feels unsafe so. swordfish coming to life banging to around yeah, it's wacky yeah. so he comes in the house and with the shotgun and unloads both barrels into the swordfish that's mounted on the wall just <laughs> right. flopping around like one of those take me down the river trouts yeah. like big mouth it. billy the big mouth billy bass that you, that you see at long oh Stru- susanna it's just not singing yeah those things you see at long drugs yeah, See right. That? That's my second yeah. long strike reference. <laughs> it longs belongs to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so right. he comes in, puts a big hole in it. Now he's and like, he's so calm about it. He kind of walks over to the closet, gets out a blanket, and throws it over. Right, and thank God that house is soundproof, or otherwise his neighbors might have called the cops. Right, shotgun blast. But there's still it's there's still a sound. Yeah, he still reacts. Right, I'm no with way. you. So George Wentz shows up with pizza and beer. Right, and. Like, hey, I'm surprising you with some food. What are you doing here? Look, Norm, I've got shit to do. Remember the solitude thing I talked about? Right. I'm kind of trying to write a book. <laughs> Damn it. If you're a fan, let me write my book. But nobody wants to write that Vietnam book. No nobody, one cares. We've already cares. we've established no one cares about Vietnam at this point. No. And that's something else I want to point out real quick. In this time frame, when this movie's made, there's so many Vietnam movies that are coming out. Oh, yeah. You're getting the missing in action. You're getting the Rambos. You're getting... If it's Vietnam, Uncommon Valor, you're getting... Dude, right? It's conversations. I mean, it was... The Hanoi Hilton. Yeah. Platoon. It seemed like every two or three movies that were coming... Bat 21. Like, like, it seemed like every month there was a new Vietnam movie. Right. For about six years in the 80s. This is the first time that we got a Vietnam movie or a, a movie that has Vietnam running through it like it does. That's not an action movie, not a drama. No. It's a it's, metaphor. Yeah. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for what's something. A, what's lost, a me- innocence lost. So he's just leaving the pizza. He's leave basically the just like, leave the food and get the fuck out of here. Basically. That's what he's, he's saying. And then as he's trying to rudely escort <laughs> George Went out of the house, George Went like snags his address book. Now, an address book. I'm not going to get into that. An address book. So he grabs an address book. And... George Wink goes back next door, and what does he do? He calls Rogers X and says, hey, uh, I'm your friend of Rogers. Oh, you can't talk to Roger. He's not living here. And I'm like, oh, no, no. I'm next door neighbor to his to the house. Um, He's losing his shit. You might want to give him a ring. Yeah. Well, I can't. I have to be on set at 630 in the morning. You might want to give him a ring. So she calls, right? No, she doesn't call yet because she doesn't call till she's till she's lost her uh, Emmy. Did whatever, she? Her that what Emmy. I thought she called. She called from the you know, the losers bracket. 
They lost. Right. And, and he tries to fake a party. He's faking a party. All the dudes are here. We can't. Dudes, no, come on, dudes. Wasn't, no, that was the first time. All right. So the second time, she doesn't call. She just shows up. Right? Yeah. He goes, I, I don't have to time. I'll have, caught, I'll have to call him in the morning, she says. They'll call him tomorrow. And he's kind of cleaning some shit up. And then Roger comes running downstairs after he's been chased around the house with tools from the tool shed. We got shears that he used in the beginning of the movie. See how Poorly. it's foreshadowing? He just still doesn't know how to use them. Got a bunch of their tools. They followed him into the house eventually, and they came after him. So he comes downstairs with the shotgun in hand that we already saw earlier when he shot that fish, the swordfish. And then there's the wife. Wait, how did you get here? You were just saying you were going to bed. You got to be on set in just a matter of hours. But there you are. Here you are. Wait, aren't you in New York? Right. This is Oakland. Weird. What? The two of them are kind of going back and forth. He can't he grasp can't, it. He can't grasp that she's there. We can't grasp it either because we know something that he doesn't. Something's like, weird. Like, we know that Norm called her. Yeah. Weird ass. So he ends up dropping a shotgun shell, and he bends down to pick it up, but she gets there first, and she stands back up, and she is this fat, demonic witch. Just this incredibly large latex suit. <laughs> Just something very Evil Dead ask about it. Um, yeah, but I mean, Henrietta I, I, kind of thing. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I, I, I do find that the creatures in this are pretty great, though, because yeah. they're all weird, sort of smiley, right? Over exaggerated. Oh, total, total, com- very much in the creep show vibe as far yeah. as that first creep show, not the second one. Oh, yes. Where it's, it's just full on tongue in cheek and they're just owning that tone big time. Oh, yeah. With this, it's the same kind of thing. Very much like, and I think that's why the Evil Dead reference is, is you know, meaningful. Because it's not just this, um, the tools and the tool shed. You know, there's lots of things where I kind of think maybe Miner and Cunningham were doing a little homage to the original Evil Dead. Because the second one hadn't come out yet. Right. Oh, I would say, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> there's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, like you said, there's a lot of Easter eggs. A lot of. Uh, lots. Lots of things in this in-house that are a lot of fun, you know viewing them right i mean like we're we're talking about before turn the mics on the the grocery boy at the beginning that whole opening is psycho yep yeah so he's he's fighting this monstrosity of a woman and is this we only we got this confirmed in in uh behind the scenes right that kane hodder is actually the inside of yeah the suit. he says that he's inside the suit and he's uh you know it's weird because i think there are two people inside the suit i think there's an actor at right. one point inside the suit, a male actor, because the suit was super heavy. Right. It super looks like heavy. it would be. And Kay Lenz probably couldn't have moved around inside that thing, and they don't no. need to pay an actress to be there to do it anyway. Uh, but Kane, in, in the uh, in the supplements on the on the Blu-ray, the Arrow Blu-ray, um, you know, he, he he tells us that he was, he's the guy, he is inside the garbage bags in the backyard after it's been dismembered. He's lying under the pile, and Cat is beating him with the shovel. So good, <laughs> you're the best. Um, that and that leads us to that whole weird scene, like where well, yeah, because he's he's doing all he can to try to stop this this right. monster from you know taking he's, him out. He's cutting it into pieces. Yeah, trying to, but what happens is those haunted tools are coming after him and kind of save the day. Yep, and chop her head off and amongst other body parts. Right, so, so now, he stuffs into a garbage bag and several garbage back, bags. Yeah, <laughs> takes him in the backyard. He's gonna bury them while he's in the backyard. He looks at his pool, and that hot milf you saw earlier is getting out of the pool. Is getting out of the pool, but we don't know she's a milf yet. Nope, we don't. We just know she's a hot chick in a 
Yeah. With an English accent and a bathing suit. Yeah. And they're having this exchange where she's like being super flirty, like like she's coming like on to him. Housewife. Yeah. Right. And she's they keep, them keep cutting down to the still alive the, the pile <laughs> of body parts. And the hand is trying to grab her his, foot. Her foot. And by the way, she's really ugly feet. Yeah, I really hope those aren't her feet. I was, I was thinking, are those her feet? I don't think so. They just stand in. Hey, homie, go shave, go, go shave your legs. Just shave one of the effects guys' feet. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> well, should we? I shouldn't <laughs> show up. Hey, who put you put Tony and Paul on? I'm like, yeah, of course I did. Uh, always. I mean, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't uh, okay. she? I'm uh, sure, man. <laughs> I'm a method foot standing. Um, so yeah, right. So so the, she, he takes a step closer. You think he's going to kiss her, but he just does it to step on the hand. Yeah, to keep the hand from grabbing her foot. Because yeah. this is not a romantic comedy. Nope. Nope. This is a horror they, comedy. They don't even try to play it that way. Nope. So now he's uh, so she's like they have their little interchange. She's like, okay, well I know when men want to work and I know when they want to play. Yeah. We should play sometime. <laughs> oh, we will. We and will. then she starts to walk away, and he starts beating the living shit out of Kane Hodder with his yeah. shovel. Beat him up. And she turns around. Oh, by the way. And he has to stop. Yeah. And then she says something remarkably stupid. I can't remember what she said. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and she leaves. Yeah, she's gone. And then we cut to the next thing we see is like 17, uh, looks like gopher mounds in right. the yard. And he's yeah. standing there with an empty plastic bag and a shovel. And he's buried the pieces everywhere. I kind of think that even the kind of shape that he's in, has got that. That's a lot of digging, that's man. That's a lot of digging. Especially under that kind of stress. And part of me was thinking, wouldn't it have been easier just to dig one big hole? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Instead of a, a, you unless know, you're a golf worried. course full of. Yeah, right. It looks, it, it looks like the gopher from Caddyshack showed up. <laughs> you better call in Bill Murray. Get Carl in the case. He goes back to writing and he kind of. <laughs> and he. Because writing his Vietnam memoirs seems to be a vastly better idea than what he's experiencing. Right? Why would you write that? Why, why, would, you why write, would you write? About why would you write about what he's experiencing right now? Because apparently his Vietnam experience was feeding it all. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Well, it's what? feeding it all. <laughs> the Vietnam story. I'm looking it's right it. at you. I'm like, going, well, of course it is. We. <laughs> It's feeding it all, Corey. Uh, I wonder why. I wonder why. Uh, well, we'll find out. So like he's writing, but now he hears some weird like banging around shit upstairs. There's always banging around. But now, isn't he? Isn't is he already dressed? Like he's in some army gear now while he's writing. Yeah. He's kind of kind of kooking out. Yeah, maybe kooking out a little bit. Maybe he is losing his shit. Maybe Normal's right. Yeah. Well, Norm's a drunk. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> Cobb's a nut. That's another thing too. We this is how you know that George Wentz character really is not Norm because <laughs> he's not drunk because he leaves the beer. Right, he leaves it <laughs> and he walks away. So now he hears something and he's like, "What the hell is that noise? Hmm, maybe I should." Now he follows in the footsteps of the paperboy up the stairs yeah. into the room, mm -hmm. the closet. Yeah, something's in that closet. Roger's bugging out now, and Norm's probably right. He's looney. He's going Looney Tunes. They said, this is, I miss, I'm mentioning Looney Tunes, because that's what he calls his aunt at the beginning. Looney Tunes. He says, your, your aunt was, that woman was a little Looney Tunes. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, the creatures in this movie are very Dante-esque. Yeah. From like, uh, that, his, his piece of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Um, Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. So. He, he's losing his shit. He comes running out, outside and. Rolls down the stairs and does like a 
jump move out the front door. Right. And after what we experienced with the ex-wife, not barely being the ex-wife, now we're questioning everything that we're seeing right. because it's not, it's gone beyond a swordfish dancing on the wall and floating, you know, shears. Right. And shovels and whatnot. It's getting a little past that. It's getting yeah. a little crazy. Yeah. So we don't believe anything we see anymore inside the house on the property. Right. They were, you know, get to the sidewalk. It's another story. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I so, mean, everything in the house to me is, is it happening? Is it not happening? Is it in right. his head? Is it really, are we watching? Right. What are we, whatever. And, it, and it's something that, again, we need, again, to tie in with Vietnam, so many people having PTSD. Right. Long before we knew what that meant. Right. And he could very well be experiencing that. We don't, we don't know. And he's got, there's so much trauma in his life. The trauma of being experiencing Vietnam, as we're discovering his friend dying, uh, Big Ben. We already mentioned Big Ben's dead, right? We mentioned that. Nope. He died in the war. He died in the war. Big Ben dies after saving. Roger. Roger. Right. And there's a great moment there before he loses his shit. I think it's before he loses his shit that in one of the flashbacks while he's writing is we see Ben dying and Ben wants him to kill him. He's like, you got to kill you me, You got to kill me. Take me out, Roger. I'm not going to live from this. I don't want to be, a ca- I don't want to be captured. Don't make that hat. And what happens? He couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Cause William, and guess what? That shit will bite you in the ass someday. Yeah. That might come back to haunt Could. you. <laughs> might come back to haunt you. Yeah. That was very good, Corey. Thank it may. You. It might. Um, so, right. So, you know what we really need because we don't know what's going on in the house. We need like, we need an outside POV. We need like, we need somebody who we think is maybe not off their fucking rock. And somebody that's lonely and has got the time. Somebody who keeps bugging in. Hey, it's Norm again. Norm's there. Norm's there. Norm. Norm is Roger. And now we know the dog was Norm's because he's standing there with a dog. So he's not that lonely. He's got a dog. He's like, I need your help, dude. We cut to... In Elizabeth's room. Right. Where we've already seen earlier. Well, now it's all set up like poltergeist because right. yeah. he had a bunch of, got, he bought a bunch these, of cameras. All these cameras are set up, stills, video, pointing at this closet where in the in the room that is that his aunt hung herself. And we already experienced something going on with the closet because he got scratched earlier. Right. And now Norm is like, and now Norm is back there. there trying to help him shoot this thing. But he's, he, he's he's telling him it's no it's not you you were right it's not a monster it wasn't a it, it's a it's a raccoon it's a, a big raccoon <laughs> the size of a Saint Bernard the biggest thing I've ever seen please help me and, and Norm is like oh now Norm is starting to regret his choice of coming back it's into like, the house man I only left you three beers what's going on with you hey, what is up with you dude uh, so he puts but he's like here but put on these goggles <laughs> so he puts the goggles on Norm for some reason they're just like a ski mask it's funny because. Norm's, no, no. Norm is ultra interested in as to why there's so many cameras. All right, there's this thing going on here. Oh, you want it? Oh, so you want to capture it? No, I want to shoot it. Okay, I get it. But why are the cameras? Right. <laughs> I want you to shoot. I want pictures of me shooting this giant raccoon. <laughs> Clock strikes midnight. They pull the door open, and that creature that scratched him earlier actually is there this time, and it pops out, and it's attacking. Looking very much like the kind of the thing that comes out of the closet in Poltergeist. Yes. Right? right? There's another there's, egg for you. There's more eggs. More eggs. Ugh, big crazy ass monster coming out of the closet. And shit is getting sucked into the closet. Yeah. Not as obvious as Poltergeist, but not, still. Not that obvious. No, because they have all expensive, expensive they, cameras. These guys didn't, right, we, not called, we, they got to take them back. <laughs> to, take them back to, to the store. Good guys. Good. Get our money back. <laughs> Don't fuck those cameras up, Pops. Dude. 
He's yelling at Norm. Dude, shoot it. Shoot it, Norm. Shoot, shoot it. it. Right. Shoot the J. <laughs> Jeez. But he doesn't. No. Uh, he loses the gun somehow. And yeah. Now Raj is getting sucked into the hole. Yeah. And he's and he's like, come here, grab my hand. He goes like, help me. I, I he's like, how can I help you? Hope like stop me from getting pulled into this closet into the void. Oh, okay. All right. Don't. What if you do? Don't let go of me. I won't let you go. And he does. And he does. Into the black. Into the blackness. Goes. So Roger gets sucked into the void, and he just falls and ends up in Vietnam. Yeah. Right. And where's <laughs> there's some dude on the ground moaning, <laughs> laying face down, like, oh god, I'm dying. <sighs> And we could tell, maybe, like, it's a pretty large dude, so, yeah. hey. It's, it's, got, it's, it's just Big Ben. It's Big Ben. So, Roger rolls over and rolls him over, and Ben's like, oh, Roger, finish me off. Finish you off? <laughs> no, <laughs> not is, like that. What is this? <laughs> is this a, a massage parlor? Finish <laughs> you yeah, off. Yeah, right? Whoa, 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 I'm the wrong, we're in the right country, but I'm the wrong guy for this. Hey, and we're only 40 minutes into this, so there's no happy ending because we're <sighs> not at the end yet. No man, we're 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 way with we're an hour and thirteen into this at this point. Gosh, it's a long movie. Yeah, it's, it's not really. It's got eighteen minutes left. <laughs> um, so yeah, right. So he's like, "Kill me!" And so Cat pulls out the knife, and he's got this giant fucking Rambo knife. And yeah, he's, he's just he's gonna, holding it to his throat. throat. He's just gonna. Cut he his, can't do it, he man. Can't do he it. can't. He just says, "I can't do it." So now he's holding him by the face, and they look like they're gonna make out. And he's like, "I can't do it." They're crying and shit, and. And then the VC, he hears the VC and he gets up and he's like, I'm going to go get help. <laughs> and he pieces out. I'm going to go get help. Yeah, dude, you're in Vietnam again. Where? You're going to get help for who? Who? From who? Where? For who? You're Roger Cobb 17 years later. Yeah. Or in something to that effect, right? Right. After he was in Vietnam. Yeah, I'm saying, yes, at yeah. least that. So that sounds a fair number, right? 15 was 85. Right. So 70 he was in Vietnam. All right. So yeah, so 15, whatever. Yeah. Or, you're 15 years older, dude. Where are you going to go get help from? And you just got sucked into a closet and now you're right. your dying friend. Yeah. Boom. You jumped You jumped in and now you're laying on the floor with Norm again. But we're realizing that even though we know this is the current Roger, this is Roger Cobb experiencing the same thing he experienced 15 right. years prior. This isn't necessarily... And everybody, and everybody sees Roger Cobb as the Roger Cobb from Vietnam. Right. So as he's running away, the VC show up and grab Ben and drag him off and Ben is just threatening him. You're going to pay for this, Roger. I promise you, you're going to pay for this. And Roger goes running through this shiny... Looks like a mirror. ...door and runs through it. And, and, and lo and he behold... He ends up back in the room. And there's George went... Hey, just George! Just kind of just chilling there, leaning against the wall. With like an going, empty beer. Yeah. Did they ever mention how long he's gone for? No. Yeah. I mean, it looks it looks to be daylight outside because there's, well, there's light coming well, through the windows. I think, I think that would have been a good time to say that you've only been gone for a second. Right? To say that time down there is much longer than it is up there. Meaning in the netherworld, time is fleeting, but seconds off the clock. You know, when you're not in the... Yeah, it's like that old... Because it, would, because it would explain the ending of the movie better. Right. For the kid. Right. Like, it, you've been gone along, but you, in, in, you, but you haven't. But you have been haven't. gone moments. Right, right. Norm hugs him. Norm's hammered on Jack Daniels, man. Norm is... Just shows you how lonely he is. I think about his poor dog next door. I was like, man, shouldn't you be over taking care of your Seems dog? Maybe you feeding me about this time of day. Because you don't know. Anyway, so George leaves, right? Hey, they drag him into the other room and put him on a couch and he passes out. All right. But he falls asleep. He's a dude. Day drinker. 
you gotta think that man roger just needs a nap right roger dude and that's where some shit and that's where he's going he's going right to bed right to bed back in his little boy room (laughs) weird and he has that moment where he's like the painting and he goes back outside because he's come through the door so now he realizes that the door is a portal right because he went in and out of it so he remembers the painting and he goes back into the thing and he pulls the um drop cloth off the corner and there is the boy in the mirror Out so then the makes him he runs yeah. to the bathroom and he's now he's running he runs up and he's gonna smash out the medicine cabinet and he does boom he mashes the medicine cabinet and he breaks the mirror and there's nothing there one of the things i liked how much they play with that mirror in the bathroom bit how many times do you see them setting you up like when he closes that mirrored uh medicine cabinet that you're gonna see something standing there mm-hmm. they play it up a lot and it never happens it can kind of be saying oh, you're kind of cheating and i go well they're but they're playing on your expectations and i kept thinking and i've seen the movie more than a few times i kept thinking man as it ends up they never do anything with the mirror right they nope. never have any kind of reflection nope. in a mirror that we've seen nope. hundreds of times. Which no, 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 thought, no. But they tease it a lot. They tease it like three or four times. Anyway, so he breaks the mirror, but instead of seeing shelves full of prescriptions, it's just black. Right. There's and nothing. Like, and, he, and he's like, what the Then, then he goes to the bathroom window and he looks outside. Oh, no, he throws a can of shaving cream out the window and it falls and it sounds like it lands in water. Ooh, it lands in Vietnam. Sweet. Or the pool. <laughs> Or the pool. He opens the window and he looks on the other side of the where, where the medicine cabinet be, and there's there's nothing there. Right. The, the house is still all one piece. Yeah. No, he goes and stands he, in front of the mirror, and the octopus grabs him like some sort of tentacled octo- arm. Octopus grabs him, and then some other hands come in yeah, to play. Like several, cre- like several training, different creatures, and they all drag his ass in, and he's just kind of hanging there. Well, there's that. Well, first there's that crazy shot. He gets away. Right, and then, oh, that's right. And then there's that crazy shot where it's just blackness, and you have this light. His head sticks through. Yeah. So now you're inside, yeah. looking back at him, and he and he goes and rambo's up, and he gets the rope. I think the old lady hung himself with, or right. the rope because the rope there was that big spool of rope in the painting. Yeah. So he grabs the rope and a the flashlight, knotted the knotted rope from Poltergeist, <laughs> the knotted rope from Poltergeist, and a shotgun. This is another movie we made reference to the knotted rope in Poltergeist. Yeah. Throwback to Silver Bullet. My science project. Oh yeah, right. We yeah we did. They did have that knotted rope. Yeah. Wow. But then again, the knotted rope's another movie. <laughs> yes, it is. It's an Eli Roth snuff film. <laughs> so there goes. Uh, so now he's he's rappelling down into. Uh, we don't know. He's just rappelling down with a flashlight and their shotgun. Then the stop motion flying oh. demon is again. I made reference earlier to right. a, a very army of darkness style thing. This is another one of those moments where it's very Sam Raimi. Oh yeah, and this thing is funny because uh, they made an actual animatronic creature, but it didn't work so well. So I think that this thing was done in post. Like they, yeah. they went out and they, because you can tell this is like some stop motion. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. But they actually built. What is it? What does it end up doing? It ends up like grabbing his gun or something. It, grabs, it, it does grab the gun. Yeah, yeah. And I think it even twirls it and then shoots the rope. Right. Very again. Very very Evil Dead like. Was that in the first Evil Dead or? No, no, no they didn't have the money for that. No, I don't think this. I mean, I'm just trying to think. No, did, I don't did even Ra- think. Did Raimi steal this from House? 
uh, it could have been, I think it might have been Army of Darkness. Because well, maybe. It, I don't think you see any the flying stuff until Army of Darkness. Oh, right, 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 right. But the tone of it, everything. Yeah, it's, like, it's and, and again, I don't, I don't, I, this is one of those few times where I don't think anybody was taking from no, anybody. No, no, me neither. I think they were just. You know, because you remember that time when Sam Raimi was making stuff, they're kind of going back and forth. Like him and Wes Craven were going back and forth with. Right. You know, putting little things of the previous guy's movie into their movie just to yeah. kind of say, all right, this is what scary is. This is what scary is. The whole right. Bit. Oh, yeah. So he falls. He falls into the water. Right. And now I think he's back in Vietnam. He's in Vietnam. He, he's trying to escape Vietnam, but really. He, he, he never left Vietnam. I'm going to pose it to you. He's dead. He's dead. This is Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> wow. Dude. Or not. Or not. Yeah. <laughs> There's lots of things that they're playing with. Again, I mentioned earlier, you have the whole Vietnam thing. Is this guy really experiencing this or he is just post-traumatic distress, right? Is that really what's happening right now? And it's it's pretty wild because you're like going, this is the kind of stuff, this is like fever dream stuff. This is the kind of things, that you, visuals that you were going to experience if you were having a 105-degree fever and you're sweating balls in bed. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff you're experiencing. And I know he's back in Vietnam. We're just going along with the ride. We're we're right. buying into all of this. This isn't. We're yeah. not just like with Jacob Slatter. You're buying into yeah. this, and he's rolled into a POW camp now. Did and you spoil Jacob Slatter? No, you can't we spoil you mean, Jacob Slatter. No, you can't. Can you? Can anyone? Can anyone? Can anyone get through Jacob Slatter? I was gonna say, is it possible to spoil Jacob Slatter? I'm gonna for, say I don't even remember Jacob Slatter. Um, other than he's dying. Right. It was Tim Robbins and Macaulay Culkin was his dead kid, and uh, it's a fellow like this. Didn't, McCull- didn't uh, Tim Robbins find his kid in a cage in Vietnam, just like in a house? Did he? And then he found him, and then he was like, let go, and he dies at the end. I don't I don't, I don't care. I remember kind of going. <laughs> I remember kind of thinking, wait, I got ripped is, off. I'm is, pissed. The, is he back at the park? What is going From on? From the writer of Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? So look, he finds a kid in the cage, they jump in the water, and then yeah. they come up in the pool, and everything's all good. You think? You think the pool's lit, the lights are on in the pool. And they go to go out the front door. Yeah. Yay. Oh, hey. There's some time to play and frolic in the pool. And We're frolicking in the pool. Yeah, for no his good son, reason. His son looks exactly the same age and as he clean. did when he lost him. We never find out how long he's been gone for. Nope, we do not. And this is coming back to the whole thing earlier where he's in the closet. You could have right. made a play about Whoa. how time works between the two worlds. But they don't because it's not necessary. No. I mean, it would be nice we to know. We don't need all that. I mean, that's but, too but much do you story. Do, but tell me, the every time I've seen the movie, for the first time and every time, I always think, he looks exactly the same. How long ago did he get nabbed? Right. Well, I mean, there's also the weird, like, I don't know how long ago the flashback was before, you know, because the old lady and how long had they been gone and they were separated and who knows. But no, that really matters because that just bogs shit down. Right. That This movie would be well, four hours long. They were still a couple. The kind when, of. When the kid disappeared. Yeah. Right. So we it's didn't, one of the it, things didn't that, seem estranged. No, it's one of the things that wrecked their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And he flipped out. He can't write. He's got writer's block. Okay, no, no. The kid's gone. No, blah, blah. No, no. See, we can put some timelines together real quick. I'm just doing this for the sake of like, yeah, just to rationalize it all. When they're walking after the bookstore thing, his agent says to him, it's been a year since blood dance came out. All right. right. So the book is at least, so whatever happened to the kid has happened in the last year. year right. Which right? all makes kind of sense. Okay. So the, you they're not divorced yet. They're still separated. So, but he keeps saying divorced. Yeah. He says divorced, she, but she says separated. Yeah. I'm just saying. I know you're right. There's two different people seeing the same situation yeah, differently. It's Rashomon. <laughs> Jeez, dude. 
He's trying to find a through line into last week's episode. How about here's here's a through line for every one of our episodes. Rashomon. I'm talking and you're talking. There's our through line. Perfect. It's our show. Excellent. It's very Rashomon. Uh, so yeah, man. So like, right? They're it's, all, it's a happy ending. It, well, it is it, until they open the door and what, what the fuck? Big Ben standing there. And speaking of homages, the makeup design for this is straight up Eddie. Oh yeah, from Iron Maiden. No, right, no doubt, dude. It's like it's like if you took, yeah, no, absolutely. It looks like Eddie, like if Eddie yeah. ate Sergeant Rock. Anyway, so like now we got the big chase through the house. He's like Ben, Ben, you're ba- oh Ben, He's like, hey Roger, I'm coming to kill you again, and the little dog too. They Your have, son. These had the the makeup. I like the makeup a lot in it. Makeup's great, but when he's talking, the person that's in the stunt suit, whoever it is, you can see the. All the black makeup well, they put over him. You, well, you know that that, that so it's a it, they made the headpiece. They yeah. made the skull. Yeah. The skull goes over the head, and then all that latex goes over that skull. Yeah, and then he so his mouth is behind not only the latex, but it's also behind that skull. So it gets real weird. Like, you, you, you but you can see just enough light hits on whatever that blackness is behind the, the yeah. latex mm-hmm. a couple of times, which you're always looking for when you're seeing latex teeth as part of a mask that you always see them because it's not part of a real articulated right. jaw structure i know i'm being picky but nah. it just it stands out when you got a hard close-up of it yeah but i mean i i mean i still like it i mean i you know, i would take this this is so much more fun than me than watching some bad cgi nonsense well or not great practical like silver bullet <laughs> Dude, we almost got through without saying silver bullet. No, we said it earlier. We did. We said seven times already. <laughs> um, so right, like now, look, now it really, it, now it turns into like a Hitchcock homage. Like he's crawling around on the outside of the build, outside yeah. of the house, right? You know, he's in, he's out, he's coming back down the attic. He's being chased around by our good old friend Big Ben, who uh, maybe now has little Jimmy. In his clutches again. Yeah. And what in what is Raj gonna do? I mean, there's the moment. This is where Raj has gotta like, you know, he's daring him. You didn't do it the first time. Like, kill no, me, Roger. No. No, and this time he goes, Now you have to kill yourself. Right. And he's Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. That's that's the threat. He's like going, and now I'm gonna kill your boy if you don't kill yourself. Right. They're fighting on the and stairs. You never have that. That would have been a great moment to have your flashback moment. But technically, it's not a flash flashback because it's a, it's just a, something that he sees. They tricked me. The house tricked me, Roger. Don't let them trick you. Right. So yeah. that's the moment where you're like yeah. going, did he really trick him? And, you know, he ends up getting Ben and then kicks him into these rocks down below when they're kind of hanging out the... Right, where the, the the backyard disappears and suddenly you're off the cliffs of Monterey. Yeah. yeah. So he kicks him and he's like, oh, thank God he's gone. And then we got, we got our happy ending. No, we don't. No, we don't. Ben's right happy. there. Ben he's is like, back. He, he keeps telling him, I'm going to kill your son. He's holding that, that same ridiculous Rambo knife against the kid's throat. I'm going to kill your son if you don't take your own life. That's it. Yeah. I mean, do it right now. That's how you fix this. And then he goes to... Roger goes to reach for him and he takes this borderline machete and cuts off his hand. But then he pulls up and sees that his hand's still there. He's like, I'm not afraid of you anymore, Ben. Right. And he realizes like, oh, hey, shit, what's going on? You're not afraid of me anymore. I have no control. I have no power over you. Right, because if you and don't he, believe in ghosts. And he just grabs his kid, <laughs> casually grabs his kid away from yeah. him. Yeah. Takes the grenade, as you said, 
sticks it in his rib cage and just up under that floating rib <laughs> just and boom he's gone and there you have it <laughs> one big happy finish oh it's 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 the happy ending we're waiting for yeah. he's really dead now because he finished me off Raj <laughs> and he does he does and he explodes all over the screen <laughs> oh <laughs> And super happy until mom shows up. Right? Ugh, I, my life was so much better. I found my son. Hey, look. Hey, hey, look. Hey, hey, look. <laughs> Told yeah. you he wasn't dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to take what you back said about my aunt when you called her a crazy old bitch? <laughs> yeah, see? Oh, my son, let me hold him. She's not crazy. Dude, bitch. I kept waiting for like a car to hit both of them. That car from the beginning. <laughs> the, the drunk guy just drives in the neighborhood. The one that just wheeled out when, he, when the kid went vanishing. Boom, we go to credits and we get a nice song over the credits. We get uh, You're Twice. So Bad. Twice. No, that's not in this movie. Oh. That's oh. Waxwork. Oh, sorry, yeah. Oh, no. So, hey. yeah, man. So, there we go. There you go. Um, William Cat. George Lent. Richard Mole. Richard Mole. Kay Lenz. Cast of Thousands. <laughs> Um, not really a large cast, but I mean, no. dude, lots of great, uh, oh dude, Jeff Imada and Kane Hodder were in this movie. Well, there you go. Yeah, man. Uh, look, man, I, I gotta say really fun movie. I mean, I still it think is. it's fun. Yes. It's one of those, you know, it was a movie like, cause I, you know, at that point in 85, when it came out, I was like all in this straight slasher. Everything was slasher, slasher, slasher. Everything. And then this kind of was one of the first movies I remember seeing that kind of flipped it into that like horror or weird mashup kind of. Right. And think about today. I mean, Haunted House movies existed before that. Oh yeah. But is there an insidious? Is there, you know, are, are we seeing those kinds of movies? Maybe. I got a feeling that, you know, the people that kind of grew up that our generation, maybe just a lick behind us that saw movies like that in the video store or things that spawn ideas like insidious well, there's Insidious, and then there's um, uh, the Conjuring movies, Conjuring, all those, you know, Annabelle, it, all those, all the things that are tied from from you know, from James Wan. You, I think he definitely experienced. I bet you, oh, if you're yeah, watching too. BTS, then this movie probably comes up in the conversation. Oh yeah, because any well, think about anything before that. I mean, The Changeling, sure. Yep. So like ghost story movies, man. I mean, uh, haunted house movies, haunted house movies. Yeah, there's. I mean, there were some really good ones. I mean, The Changeling. I mean, the, I love The Haunting of Hell House. Yeah. I mean. I haven't seen it in years, but I mean, yeah. it, when I was a kid, it scared the hell out of me. And I, I, but I mean, this is a whole different kind of. I think that's what we keep finding ourselves making comparisons to Evil Dead because of that comedic aspect to it, right? That not only were we, anytime we were seeing a movie like right now, a horror movie was going to be a slasher movie, yeah. Anything Vietnam related was, was going to be Vietnam a, movie, a Vietnam movie, right? So they they took a couple of elements and had some fun with it, and it's a testament to the kind of stories that Fred Decker is really good at telling. Oh, yeah. He's taking things that we're used to seeing, but then he kind of mashes them up and does something that you're not used to seeing. My Other Creeps, for example. Yep. I mean, that's not a movie. That's like three or four different movies and that amazing cold opening. Oh, yeah. That has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Perfect. Brilliant. Yeah. Monster so, Squad. Monster Squad. Uh, what else did... Um, you say what you want about Robocop 3. I'm sure it was a better movie at one point <laughs> than, than what they put out there yeah I'm sure I mean I don't even remember that's the one without Weller I, it's right. hard to but remember I think, it I think, I think he wrote the second one right I think Decker, Decker? wrote, yeah, I wrote think the so. second one and that kind of gave him the carte blanche to do the because he directed Night of the Creeps Decker yeah. yeah 
So he's somebody that definitely has fun with this. And I remember when the movie came out, people were making a big deal about, hey, the you know the creator and the driving force behind the Friday the Thirteenth movies is making a movie that's different than that, and that's why it got so much attention at that time. Oh yeah, I mean I feel like it was one of those movies. You know, it was kind of like it was one of the first movies, sort of because it seemed like the slasher genre had almost like we've been so in, inundated with from the moment like the first Friday the Thirteenth. Or well, I guess if you want to go say Halloween is the first right. is the start of the modern slasher. Right. Although purists will say it was Black Christmas. <laughs> whatever uh black christmas is great but i'm just saying from halloween you know right into like just all the knockoffs there's countless right. i don't even want to try to get into naming them but i feel like house is maybe like you know around 1985 people started to like you know maybe we got to mix things up and um you know houses like i said i saw it in a theater and my brother and i thought it was <laughs> we thought it was awesome yeah and it was because it was different. I mean, dude, I, the whole thing yeah. with the crazy monsters and the... And that's something else, too, we should point out in this. We've mentioned ratings and, oh, and yeah. other things. This movie was PG? I think or so. PG-13. Uh, was House PG or PG-13? No, it was R. It's R. Really? Yeah. For what? I, that's what I'm saying. Like now, I mean, to me, this, this would be like a this would be a PG thirteen probably. Let's 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 just keep this rolling. What is it? What's the reasoning behind the R? Uh, I don't know, man. I would have to. Why would why why? I'm trying to think. Is there any reason why this is rated R? Other than are there adult situations in it? I mean, no language. Every, no, everybody's got their clothes on. I mean, the gore's not the gore, much. The gore it's is minimal. Like it's goofy. This PG rated yeah, gore. It's, it's goofy gore. There's no blood. I wonder if they put an R rating on it just because at the time is like kids probably wouldn't have gone. You know what I mean? Because sometimes know. I don't like if something is rated PG thirteen. Like for me, the PG thirteen rating. I know they do it so they can generate more revenue. But sometimes I just won't go see a movie because it's rated PG thirteen. I don't want to like if, well, if you, you made if you made a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie and it was rated PG thirteen, I'd never see it. At that time, how many how many PG thirteen movies were there at that time? Not a lot. No. Maybe a couple dozen. Maybe fifteen, twenty. Maybe in that two year period since it got released, like eighty four was the first year, right? Yep. Yeah. It was while well, it was after eighty four because well, it was Temple of Doom and Temple Gremlins. Doom was the reason why, but Red Dawn was the first one out, I think. Right. I don't know. I mean, to me, the movie, uh, no reason to rate it R. Uh, it no. was fun. It's more fun than anything else. I mean, yeah. It's like it's a breezy movie. It it moves really quick. All right. Well, here we are. So you've been trying to be really better. This we've been trying to be uh, improve our better remember remember better tags on this. Honestly, I find this movie to be exactly as I remembered it. Me too. I still like yeah. it. It was fun. It, it's exactly... I didn't feel one bit different about this movie than I did when I saw it in right. 1985. Right. And this is the first time being a father that I've seen it, which should have... And sometimes these kind of movies have an effect on me being a, a dad now as opposed to when I originally saw it. Or I have not seen it in the last 13, at least 13 years since Joey was born. And uh, yeah, dude. I never thought that the kid was in danger. I mean, no. even back in the day, I was like, ah, eh, whatever. No, find because him. the tone of the movie in general was like, I never was really worried about right. him. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't poltergeist. No, although yes. it has stuff. You know, again, it's it's got a, it, yeah. it's a mashup of a lot of things. Because when you see poltergeist and the kid gets snatched by the tree, yeah, like you think that like, oh, it's not going to get any worse than that, right, <laughs> dude? <laughs> it does. But, but yeah, but you, I always, I always felt so bad for that kid. I'm like, oh man. Well, I never thought Carol Ann was coming out of there. No, no. Coming out of the, 
she came out of the the hole on the knotted rope. Yeah, man, that was a look with afterbirth all over. Weird, <laughs> gross. Yeah, it was gnarly. I all mean, the, all the jello. It's funny because I I, I want to say I haven't seen Poltergeist in ages, and I wonder if I watch Poltergeist after watching House that I'm going to laugh at Poltergeist. No, I I, well, I don't know about you, but I I can watch Poltergeist every day. I just haven't seen it in a long time. It's uh, I actually I, I usually watch the first two, but yeah, man, this movie's be- this movie's exactly like I remember it. I liked it a lot. It was really enjoyable. I mean, it's something I'll probably watch again. Yeah, as opposed to some other things like some of these things we've seen. I think after reviewing them. Yeah. There's no need to ever watch things like that again. But the, this movie I will watch every now and again. Yeah, if you do a rundown of it. Yeah, so like I would say House, yeah, man, totally. I'd watch it again. Yeah. It was fun. It's got all those, it, it's really, I mean, especially if you're a movie geek. Right. All the little Easter eggs. This was number two of our Horror in the Garage series. What are we doing next? A commentary for a movie that you worked on, Joe Dante's Burying the X that we're going to do. That is correct. So that's going to be a feather first, like commentary commentary. Yeah, man. I haven't done one of those. So that'll be fun. And it'll be entertaining. It'll be me strictly from a fan standpoint and you because you work crew. Yeah, right. Makes I sense. Can, yeah, man. Right? Some, I'm sure it'll dredge up some fun memories. For a long time, when we were first talking about doing the show, I thought, yeah, we could do like a commentary once a month of of movies that you've done. And I'm like, man, maybe you just want to revisit some of those movies. Some of them I'd rather not talk about. <laughs> I'm just going to say. Uh, yeah, but so anyway, I mean, I feel like that, uh, you know, Burying the X will be fun. You know, we have, uh, there's, a, there's something special coming up for the actual Halloween. Yeah. We're going to drop something on Halloween, I think. We're, we're going to drop something right? on Halloween. And that may involve dropping other things. Dropping some something on Halloween. All right, so. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see you next week in the garage or something. Bye. Bye. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at KaratePod. You can follow me at Corey Culp. And on Instagram, I'm Culprit97. On Twitter, you may follow me at Raven Shattuck. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Rock and Roller 33 on your FM dial.